welcome to Eat, Drink, Social. My name is Lindsay Mayer, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in both Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We will be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can visit our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. Hey everyone, happy to be joined today by Lindsay and Joanna Lynn. Joanna Lynn is a New York City-based cocktail connoisseur, creative director, and a travel and hospitality photographer. How's it going, Joanna? Hi, um, going well. Thanks for having me on your show today. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, we're really excited as well. Um, so just a little background about yourself where are you originally from and uh yeah just tell us a little about about yourself and a little bit about your background yeah um i was born and raised in brooklyn new york now i live in manhattan um my family immigrated from china in the 1980s and they pretty much built our family from ground up from having nothing um after college i worked in hospitality sales and marketing before joining the agency side, doing more creative work, so within hospitality. And currently, I run a creative agency for hospitality groups. So I produce, shoot, and I manage all of their social and digital content. So it's really um, a dream job, but because it is that, I'm never not working. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, we've We've had a chance to look at a lot of your content and notice that um, well, we know you're a cocktail connoisseur, and we were curious to know where your love for cocktails came from. Uh, well, I started early on in college. So I went to NYU, and I spent a lot of time off campus interning, working. And I was really, really eager to get into the real world and start making money and pay off my loans. And um, during my time off campus, um, I hung out a lot in Siki, these nine cocktail bars. And at one time, I went to one called Little Branch. It's a speakeasy in West Village. There was live jazz. It was small, candlelit, very intimate. And experience was so incredible. And from that point on, I started becoming more and more intrigued with cocktail bars, bartenders, and the cocktail culture in general. Awesome. So so we see, like, you, you're obviously, like, a you're very well-traveled. So, so which, which place have you been to that has the best cocktails? Um, I would say I love Asia. Asia mm-hmm. is like a playground for me. So best food and drinks, I would say uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Japan. Probably okay. in that order. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Singapore first? Yeah. Okay. So if you were going out for dinner and drinks in Singapore, what would you get? Oh, wow. I would probably, hmm, I'll probably go to the hawker stand, get okay. some street food, um, have some laksa, which is their spicy curry noodles, and cocktail bars. I would probably go to 28 Hong Kong Street or somewhere like Employees Only, which is um, which is actually started in New York City, and they opened in, one in Singapore. Yeah, it would be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. 
Um, so what, uh, I know you love Asia, what made you choose uh, Kenya as your next destination? That's what it, where it looks like you're going to next. Yeah, so uh, Kenya, so for every, every year from birthday, I grant myself a solo trip. And I chose Kenya this year because I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I also haven't been to Africa in quite a while, and I've been uh, traveling to Asia and Europe a lot for the past few years. So, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to going on a safari, seeing animals in their natural habitat, and um, and capturing the vibrant culture of Kenya with my camera. Probably won't be any cocktails on this trip. <laughs> for one. Well. <laughs> We we can't wait to see see what content you you bring out of it. What what kind of camera do you use, by the way? Yeah, I, I use a Sony A seven three. Okay, is that a is that one of the mirrorless yeah. ones? Yeah, yeah, it's a mirrorless one. And I have uh, right now. I really love my Zeiss lens. It's a thirty five millimeter. Okay, which is very versatile for like interiors and cocktails, and it's really great in low light. Okay, I've actually like I have a. A Canon 5D Mark IV, and I've like I just keep hearing that like the Sony, the mirrorless ones are just just the way to go. And I've checked out like pictures, and then also yours as well, and they they look amazing. So I gotta check that. Yeah. Out. Um. But also a lot a lot of time it's also editing. So camera is one thing, and also it's like cropping and editing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I know that you had a recent mm -hmm. post. I think it was an aquarium that you went to in Canada, and there are a couple pictures on there that are really really cool. So, okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, so what um, are, real what are, quick, no, wait, so, sorry. No, you're, you you're fine. Go ahead. Um, real quick, Joanna, mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that the editing real quickly. Um, I was just curious to know what sorts of um, editing techniques or apps are your favorite, and like what what your go to uh, in terms of editing is. Oh yeah, editing. Uh, I usually edit on Lightroom. Okay. But I want something to go on really quick and my phone app, I would use Visto. Um, yeah, typically use Visto or edit in app through Instagram itself. Okay, cool. So it's called Visto? Yeah. Visto, V-S-T-O. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's and very popular. Okay, I'll have to use that because I usually just do Lightroom and then after I'm done with those adjustments, just go over to to Photoshop, but is, is that app pretty, pretty good to use? Is it, and you said it's in app, right? Yeah, it's a phone app. Um, uh, I, I really think Lightroom and Photoshop is the most powerful, but it's like, uh, also it's very, but also time consuming to yeah. like transfer a photo. Yeah. But I, have, I actually haven't tried Lightroom and Photoshop the app yet. Okay. I've only had, yeah, I only have the apps on my desktop. Yeah. My laptop and not my phone. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Visco myself. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> do you do you just go through the app store and get it or Yeah, Visco. It's free. Uh, but you okay. have to like pay if you want like a special filter. Okay. Okay. I'll have to check that out because I've I've never heard of it before, but you know, if you all are endorsing it, I'll definitely try it. Um <laughs> Oh, there's also a crazy one that Google came out with that you can literally put like smiles on people's faces. Uh, I think it was called, um, what was that one called? Is it Snapseed? Yeah, Snapseed. <laughs> yeah, that one's crazy. Um, 
one of my friends suggested it to me and I, I haven't messed around with it as much as I should, but every time I get on there, it's just like the capabilities are nuts, especially for something that you can do just, just on your phone. Yeah. So, yeah. So tying it back to, to New York city, what, uh, what are your favorite restaurants and bars there? Um, if you like restaurants and bars, I generally like to go around my neighborhood. I live in the Lower East Side. So right now, I'm a big fan of um, Pouring Ribbon Cocktail Bar. Um, also Mace, which is also it's a single ingredient, singular ingredient themed cocktail bar. They have, their drink names are all like one ingredient. So there's like corn for one cocktail, parsley for another cocktail. It's really, really well thought out. Um, and I also love, uh, let's see, the Wayland. They have amazing food and drinks, and they have this margarita called Garden Variety Margarita, which is like green juice with tequila. So good. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, mean, I also love this place called Oats and Mill. It's in Koreatown, and I've been going there for a long time, and they treat me like family, so it's like my HQ. Have you heard of any of these places, well, yeah, Lindsay? I've, I'm sorry. Oh, you have to come up here. Well, I he's asking actually because I just moved from Manhattan. Uh, I lived there for the past three years. Um, I heard you mention you were you're based on the Lower East Side. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was in I was in Midtown. Um, okay. So definitely not as many good options as you. But um, for for someone living living in Midtown, do you have any? recommendations or are you mainly do you mainly try and stay downtown more for midtown uh there's a lot actually midtown has like connotation of being um, all like uncool but there's actually really good spots in midtown i love the modern i have a restaurant um with it's a restaurant next to moma museum modern okay. art and they have amazing bar room with great food and cocktails um there's lots some really great spots around like Flatiron and of course like Koreatown is 24 hours food and drink. Yeah, there's like there's a lot of gems in the town. I wouldn't discount it. Yeah, I, I wish I had spoke to you before I moved from Midtown. I always had trouble finding places that weren't chains, but um, mm. there are definitely some hidden gems. I, I think there are hidden gems really just throughout the whole city. So you're in the right place. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, and you moved to Louisville? No, actually, I'm now in Boulder, Colorado. So moved to Oh, Colorado. okay. And I, I'm in Louisville. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well I, well, I hope, you know, New York will be always be here if you choose to attend. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um. And then going back to your um, travel photos, uh, it looks like you started posting the travel photos on Instagram back in 2012. Uh, what made you want to start sharing those and kind of focus on, on travel a lot in your feed? Um, I guess well, in 2012, I finally bought my first iPhone and I downloaded Instagram and the rest is history. Um, well, I guess like as, as a child, I was always obsessed with documenting. So when you're a kid, the first medium you had was pen and pencil on paper. So I literally have 
piles and shelves full of handwritten diaries and sketchbooks in my home home. And from that obsession and with technology, it translated to me picking up photography and sharing my work. So, so I was I was scrolling through through your feed just to to do a bit of research the other day, and I saw that um, was it Iron Man made a f- made a few appearances. What's uh what's the backstory behind <laughs> that? Oh yes, Iron Man. Um, the backstory that was like, oh wow, you you scroll really far back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. So, um, it's like thinking like, what should, should I be archiving anything from way back? Anyway. <laughs> no, you're, so, you're good. It's wholesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks. Um, so when I first turned, when I turned 24, I paid off all my student loans, and after busting my ass for several years, um, I quit my job bought a one-way ticket to Europe and went to 20 cities, nine countries in three months Dang. and ended up in Ghana of all places before coming home. Yeah, it was like the eat, pray, love <laughs> of my wife's side. Yeah. And before I, before I left, a friend of mine who is a well-known Michigan star chef, he gave me a snake-eyed G.I. Joe as good luck charm. So the theme for my trip was going to be Adventures of Joe and G.I. Joe. Um, but Somehow, I don't know what happened, but I, I lost Snake Eyes in Granada, Spain, and I replaced it with War Machine from Iron Man. I went to a toy store, and I still have this War Machine everywhere I go whenever I travel solo. <laughs> is he is he going to make any any more post appearances soon? Oh, my, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to bring him out in Kenya. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's I'll, true. I'll think about it. <laughs> The um, 20 cities sounds amazing and also tiring. How did you plan out that whole trip? Did you like go through a, a travel agency or did you just have your places set cities that you wanted to visit and um, kind of wing it from there? Or was everything kind of planned to a T? Oh, yeah, everything, I, uh, I winged it. Uh, it was all open-ended and yeah, it sounds awesome, but cities are very close together in mm-hmm. in Europe, so you can always take a bus, a train, overnight train, and you know, I stayed in hostels and uh, met a lot of people, so it, it was always a community everywhere I went, so it never felt, it, it never felt like unsafe or exhausting, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think for me, my travel, my style of travel is like always on the go, like you can't never stay in one place for too long, or I'm so curious about the next place that I just yeah kept going um, until yeah until a job offer came to me and then I had to head home. But before that, I wanted to head to Africa for the first time. Yeah. What was your favorite place that you visited on on that uh that span? Uh, I would say um, probably Spain, Andalusia, the southern Spain. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So, have you been? No, I have not. It's like Granada, Seville. Yeah. Is it? Uh, are... So, so I was. Oh, sorry. Is, I was gonna say, is it? Is it mainly just like beach towns, or or what's it like? Oh yeah, Andalusia, Spain is southern Spain, so it's not. Uh, it's uh, south of Madrid and Barcelona, where everyone goes. Uh huh. Um, Andalusia is like a mix between Moorish and Christian architecture, so it's Moorish is northern African, and you get like. Christian, Christian architecture all 
combined in one. It's just like, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah. And the people there are so nice. Um, and they have such a laid back culture and everything. Yeah. Very inexpensive. And they love everything. Every time you order a drink, they give you like complimentary food. So it was just a lot of wining and dining. And uh, yeah, it was, that sounds like a blast. If I if I ever go on a Euro- oh, yeah, if I go fun. on a European European vacation sometime soon, I'm definitely marking that as a spot to go. Um, so so switching gears a little bit in terms of uh, talking more about like Instagram, you know, it's a it's a cluttered world out there. Like, how do you how do you make your feed stand out? Um, I feel like. I feel like the work sticks out because there's a purpose to everything I publish, whether you feel something, um, learn something, or just, you know, surprised or inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, what I publish, I, there's also a few, what I publish is also a reflection of my mood at the moment. So I don't share to please algorithm or just have consistent posts. Mm-hmm. Since this is, my Instagram is really a visual diary and portfolio of my life. I want to be as authentic as possible. Excellent. And so a lot of people think it's like a cocktail account, but like when you look through it, it's actually like some of my travels and things I like and yeah. stuff I see interesting. <laughs> it is it is a very good mix of things. I mean even when I was, was looking through it, it was I think you I think you do a good job at having a variety of things but not being like okay like travel posts cocktail posts food posts it is very it does seem like very genuine and and in the moment in terms of the things that you're sharing so I I I liked looking through it was awesome okay. um and just just bouncing off of that um we know you're you're going from city to city all the time uh do you feel like living in one of the biggest cities in the world gives you um, advantage in terms of content creation? Uh, would you ever consider living somewhere else? Or are you mm. going to stick with New York? Uh, in terms of access to technology and paid opportunities, New York is, is definitely at the center. So yes, it does give you an advantage. But in terms of creating great content, you can create from anywhere. Um, the world is, you know, so huge and massive and beautiful. New York City has a lot, but it's not everything. So, um, I've always wanted to shoot wildlife and become a National Geographic photographer. And I, so in that sense, I guess I'm at a disadvantage from being in New York. That's not going, also that's not going to Kenya too. <laughs> You'll get plenty of practice there. Like, I can't wait to, to see yeah. your post from here. That'll be awesome. Do you... Do you feel like just the the sheer amount of, you know, just like creative people that are in New York kind of, uh, I don't know, for lack of better words, makes you kind of up your game more? Like, does it make you, you know, hungrier to create more content because you know a lot of people are doing it? Or do you feel like this is just like, hey, this is just what I'm doing. This is just what I'm about. Like, do you ever feel that kind of, of pressure to create because of that? Uh, I don't I feel, I'm going to say pressure, but I'm always, uh, there's no shortage of inspiration. So um, I don't feel pressure to be but I feel like I'm always more inspired. And there's 
No, yeah, it's always like someone someone you can learn from. That's that's, and that's yeah. 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 And, and I, I think that's the best best approach to take from that. Um even in, in terms of of the platform, um, Instagram of course, what are what are some of the biggest changes you've seen since you started using Instagram? Ah, uh, um, the biggest change I I believe is how it has become more important to have a great Instagram page than a functional website. So yeah, yeah. yeah Instagram is pretty much the core of all marketing strategy. And as a creative um, Instagram is now your portfolio. I feel like it supersedes your resume. I've actually gotten more of my client uh, client work from my Instagram than sending out uh, proposals or resumes. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see definitely see how it is because I mean it's especially nowadays. It's like if you you know if you're a photographer and uh you know you create digital content it's it's going to be polished it's going to be the final product so so putting it on there it, mm-hmm. it would only make sense and then it's it's the easiest way to view it and then also too it's you can there's numbers behind it too there's numbers that are visible for, right. for outside sources that would be looking at it as well mm. and also there's like the cultural change too <laughs> yeah yeah um i feel like instagram just breeds like just, or it just reveals how some people love the photos of themselves. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, true. That's, oh, that's like nice to someone or something. I, um, I, yeah, I just let them do what, you know, what makes them happy. But yeah, I think it exposes a side of us. Um, so it just kind of exposes who we really are, how we use the platform. Yeah, yeah. it's as, Yeah, a society too. Yeah, it it really does, and it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I, you know, especially I'm a f- photographer myself, and it's it's cool to see, you know, a platform where you know there are people who will will take selfies all the time, but then there are also people like yourself that will you know put interesting things on there and put their work on there. So it's, I I I really like how it is. It is a very diverse platform in terms of like the content you can view it's like you can view things that are you know more more pleasing or artistic or mm-hmm. you can you can view things that are otherwise yeah it can be on your phone the entire day and not be bored <laughs> <laughs> for sure so much yeah so much content yeah but i guess like that's like extreme um <laughs> uh, and joanna i'm sure that uh you can relate with um a lot of people have frustration over algorithm changes. How have you adapted to the most recent algorithm changes? And um, do they do you find that they greatly affect you, or um, or not so much? Uh, for me personally, um, you know, I don't really think about it for my own feed, but for my clients, yeah. Now with the algorithm change, you have to consistently publish quality content in order to receive engagement. And you have to put in more time to engage in order to grow the account. So I've had to hire team members to solely focus on the community management. So I can focus on the creative part. Now I used to do it all myself, but it was just too much. It's so taxing physically and mentally. But now having a team work with me, I feel a lot more efficient and empowered. I feel like I have like, like six hands 
instead of two. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how big mm -hmm. is your team right now? Right now, I work with two freelancers. So, a team of three, and they are just freelancers that con I contract out. And I think that is, yeah, it's, um, it's enough for the amount of clients I have now, and but I can see myself growing in the next two years. Awesome. awesome. So, I, I'm sure that you've probably mm -hmm. heard that Instagram is testing testing out in certain countries, hiding the like counts. How, how do you feel about this? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't mind it. I think it's actually a good thing. What because it, likes are just a vanity number, right? Do you agree? I think that they are a vanity number, but sometimes I feel like, you know, as, as human beings, like sometimes we are driven by validation. Because I've, I've heard both sides of like the argument of like why it's good and why it's bad. And mm -hmm. I I agree with both of them. I really can't take a side on this. Like I, mm. I yeah, I'm very, I, I don't, I've heard like kind of like reasons why they're doing it and I understand and agree, but I just, I don't know if it's, uh, it's going to be good or bad. Mm. And they're going to hide like, um, you're going to be able to see your own life, but others won't be able to see your life, right? Is that? That's what I'm thinking too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, well, yeah. I think I was uh I was on Reddit the other day and someone from Scotland was saying that that's what it was like. It's like once you're scrolling through the feed, like you don't see the number of likes, but on your end it'll tell you like the number of likes. Yeah, I that's, yeah, I think that's that was a good thing. So you're yeah. not it's a it's a real number, you know, if you're not like falsifying it because you think it won't go it won't look as high to other people or yes, you don't compare yourself to other people as well. Yeah. So I think it, it's a good thing. Yeah. And I think, and I think too, that it will, um, I think it'll reward more creative people on there. I've, I've heard a couple, oh, yeah. I think it's, I think it was Gary V. I was watching one of his videos and he was talking about the light counts and he said he likes the fact that they're removing it because it's going to force people to be, more creative in terms of like the content they put out because you know if you, if you are like scrolling through the feed and you see something that is you know that you would deem maybe like mindless and yeah a lot of people have already liked it for some people that's going to influence them and they're just going to like it and those those counts are going to go up but maybe with the mm -hmm. the like removal you know more more creative and more polished pieces of content mm -hmm. are actually going to be rewarded so i could definitely see how that would be a good thing yeah and not going to recall anyone but some influencers that i've met they they put a lot of time thinking about why their post considered did not get enough light it's like it's like i can't, can't believe that is like such a topic of conversation <laughs> yeah it really i'm like oh wow <laughs> really well, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's like it's almost like you're. I don't know, like the popularity or the reason why the people like your content should be like a byproduct of you like enjoying yourself and and documenting it along, along the way instead of just being like, well, I need this this like this form. Yeah, of external, I totally agree. Yeah, it's like I need this form of external validation. How do I get it? It's. But that that's mm. that doesn't last for long, and with with this algorithm change mm. and light counts probably going to be hidden, it's I think that's mm -hmm. going to be done away with. 
Mm. I would definitely oh, agree with that. I'm sorry. Well. I feel like with, um, especially with younger generations, it'll, it would probably be helpful for them. I feel like, um, I don't know, I hear so many younger people kind of amounting their worth to how many likes they got on an Instagram post. So I think it would be overall mm. helpful, especially for younger, younger kids. Oh, yeah. Do you? Yeah, I can't do you imagine that, like. Oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry, I can't imagine like kids talking about like <laughs> or or like being stressed out about their posts being liked and being like deprived for more self esteem. like, oh wow, I hope that does not happen. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I remember all that uh, when I was in high school. I think it was around my sophomore years when MySpace started to get real started to get really big. And it was, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I could honestly think back and it was almost, it wasn't as, as bad as it was in terms of like, um, like teenagers and kids have like relating their self-worth to like how popular their posts are and whatnot. But I can remember like mm-hmm. inklings of that, that coming about. So yeah, I can, I can see how it's a good thing for the like removal for, for the younger generation for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joanna, do you think that it would um, affect people's posting frequency? Do you think people would post less at all if there's um, no no number associated uh, with, with their posts? I feel like uh, I don't. I don't know if yeah. I think people would just focus on creating the best content and not trying to please the algorithm for likes. So whether um, posting more or less regular, I really think that definitely will breed a more um, breed more quality content, like Michael mentioned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree. Um, it looks mm-hmm. like your posting frequency is around uh, once once a week, give or take. Uh, do you feel like this has helped you in terms of your engagement? Uh, is there like strategy behind that? Uh, do you try and oh. pick- a certain day to post? Um, actually, it has definitely not helped my engagement. I just don't have, haven't had the time to focus on my own account also lately. My clients come first. You know, they're my bread and butter. Um, I rather see growth from my clients' accounts than my own. Um, and, you know, my account is still quite personal. I only post when I really want to share something, not just for the sake of life or pleasing algorithm. So my yeah, my posting frequency is definitely not strategic. It's just the way my life is lately. Yeah. Have you noticed any changes from that though? Any any patterns in terms of like how much engagement you actually do get from from posting less? Do you, do you see an uptick in it, or is it you know kind of the same? Mm, I, I definitely think um, posting once a week. I have not seen as much engagement. Hmm. Um, I hear that if you don't if you're Consistency in posting is um, if you're inconsistent in posting, um, like Instagram kind of flags your account as like not posting enough or something like that. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go ahead. But yeah, once a week is not. It's uh, it definitely did not help. It has not been helping my engagement. I normally, you know, when I was traveling, I think I at least like every other day and like easily hit a thousand 
like to propose. Um, you know, it's a different content now. It used to be travel, now it's more cocktail centric. So it's like a different community, trying to still build this new community. Okay. We're also trying to please the travel uh, community that I had before. So yeah, all growing process. Awesome. So, so what what's next for you? What what is the what is the future future hold for Joanna Lynn? What's next? So I'm investing in a few passion projects. One of them, I am producing a feature film called The World's Greatest. It's about a girl's life growing up in uh, New York City's Chinatown. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, that's going to be shot this year. Hopefully, come out next year. Working with a very talented team to make that come to life. And um, other than that, I'm you know, going to be running my agency still and also going to be part of a few upcoming bar projects. So more on the ownership side, but, you know, when I'm allowed to talk about it, I can probably see it on Instagram. Okay. So, yeah, it's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of, um, you know, new things on the horizon, new and different things. I don't really know how this will all play out, but I'm enjoying the journey so far. So, well, yeah. Awesome. And that's what matters. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we want to thank you for coming on today. It was it was great to chat with you about you know everything's from algorithm to to travel to photography. It's it's been excellent. Um, where where can everyone find you at? Oh yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Joanna Lynn. So it's at J O A N N A dot L I N. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much, Joanna. Yeah, no problem at all. You have a have a great rest of the week, and uh, we look forward to seeing the rest of your content, from especially from Kenya. All right, everybody. That wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or maybe you know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us.